Hello and welcome to Season 3 of the Podcast for the Recently Deceased. We're back! Holy shit, you said Season 3 and I was like, wait, what the flip? Season 3. I'm Nate Roberts. I am Rodney Godek. So good to be back with you once again, brother. Oh my! Man. What a what a long break. Um, you know we're gonna bang out a handful of episodes uh, tonight uh, to get over January because, whoo, what it's a, a rough one. Yeah, it's it's uh, been a rough month. Um, it certainly has. We we were taking a respite uh, in as an interlude between two and three, and we were looking forward to catching up on some things and some new releases. And man. Uh, to say the least, it has not been the most enjoyable month. Uh, comparatively to last year, it's been a bit of a downer. So we're excited to get into all of that. But I, it's almost unbelievable um, how amazing horror was in 2022 to round the corner and to just have like the <laughs> shittiest and, and wrap the car shit. around the tree. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> Just like literally yeah. like, so the stats, right? The stats were like 2021 horror was awesome. 2022, look at, look at what horror is doing. Guys, everyone with a, every, everyone who can scrounge up a million dollars, make a fucking horror movie. You'll make, you'll, you'll make millions. You'll be famous. Hey, or 15,000 uh, as yeah. tonight will prove. <laughs> and, 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 and then to totally just lay turd after turd. <laughs> just it's been like, the most sad thing. Like, and if you can squeeze it in, just get, just release it in January, guys. Just, yeah. Just, just like, money just get it out there as quickly as you can, because oh my God, you what? got a, a hairbrain scheme idea. Uh, let's make a movie, and and it's fine. And this is a, it's an inflection point, in my opinion. Uh, it speaks to the genre sort of being on this precipice of mediocrity, where it's like, oh well, let's just make anything. Everything's fine. It, it's if it's a gimmick, you're in. Uh, no one's done it before, or it's been 10 plus years since someone's done something similar. You're in. You get to make your movie, and oh, now yeah. it's special and important. And it's uh, su- it's su- concerning. Super woke and and like jamming the, your message down the audience's throat for no reason with no story. Uh, You're in. You're in. Make cult, it. Cult like, of the Amateur yeah. uh, hour. And uh, it's concerning, so we'll see. Hopefully it does not bode uh, for the rest of the year. But it's definitely a concern, yeah. uh, an early warning sign. You so know, 20... I would see the doctor if I were this year's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so 2023 history. is off to a tough start. Um, that being said, we're going to kick off with yes. um, what you might call the golden turd. <laughs> That's not fair characterization. This is the current top reigning horror film of 2023. Yes. Um if I was forced to make a top five right now, it would just be this movie five times. Uh, <laughs> That's great. That's a good uh, one. Thank you. Um, I, I made them. I made it myself. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's episode: Megan. Um, a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. This is written by Akella Cooper, who, as you will note, penned Malignant. Uh, directed by Gerard John Stone. Uh, produced by the James Wan Bloomhouse team. Starring Allison Williams and Violet McCraw. I can't recall the name of the child actor that played the uh, prosthetic... 
uh, type thing. It also has a cameo of sorts or a sidebar with Ronnie Chiang, uh, which we'll get into because some people did not appreciate his uh, adage to the uh, <laughs> to the list there. But uh, I digress. I thought he was great. I uh, I definitely mistook him for someone else, but I still thought it was great. Again, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. All right, so uh, you did the synopsis. Yeah. Uh, so you want to start? Brought, brought. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I am extremely pleased and excited uh, for Megan to exist. Um, it's known or famous uh, or became popularized through social media and it really was unique because it changed the way in which they planned on releasing the movie this movie i believe you correct me if i'm wrong nate it was intended to be an r release uh yeah i think i think they did shoot it as an r and then they like cut it to be pg-13 i i hope we get right. a unrated i believe it's because yeah, I think yeah. an unrated director's cut will probably come, and I believe it's because that when they started to do their social media campaign, which a lot of films from 2022 capitalized on, uh, consider Smile and other films similar, it doesn't matter. Um, social media was an important influence. Where the dance came out, Megan as doing her thing, everyone, the, the tweens were in love with it and doing the dance and the TikToks and all of that. So they were like, oh, well, shit, let's make this palatable for that audience so we can make more money. Valid, fair point. I have no issue with it. This film took $12 million and made one sixty-five, And it's completely fucking deserving. Uh, oh, so this, this uh, and so much that they're already greenlit Megan 2.0 in uh, January of 2025. So for me, this is a perfect uh representation of what horror can be to bring in new audience members to the genre and it's sort of like a miniature version of uh shit what is it uh ex machina it's like sure. kid version of ex machina cool puppetry crazy james wanness uh kelly cooper writing this and it's in the same vein of malignant this is go have fun watching our uh shit insane uh movie you know and i loved every minute of it uh, yeah, I, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Uh, this movie is smart. Uh, it is uh, well written. The subtext is is there. It's not uh, hard to decipher the lesson they're trying to teach you mm -hmm. about technology. They're taken at an angle from which we don't really get to see it. We take it from the angle of of something that's happening to us as a society right now as parents hand their kids iPads in, in, instead of babysitters. Um, yep. You know, the human connection, the emotional connection uh, with parents, uh, as opposed to even like the emotional connection with a, a babysitter or an older sibling. Um, what happens when when that doesn't exist or when we lose that um, is is exhibited by the daughter or the girl's um, relationship to Megan um, and, and done very, very well. Uh, normally, when a horror movie gets a PG-13 rating, uh, I tend to roll my eyes and write it mm -hmm. off. Um, they knocked this movie out of the park. Um, uh, you know, a, a little predictable, but you know, sure. it, you're you're along for the ride, and and it's it's wacky fun, and just like at moments, you're just laughing out loud at how crazy the stuff you're watching is, and you can't look away. Um, 
I definitely loved every minute of this movie, except for, and <laughs> this this might start a little side conversation. Weren't well. Um, so the performances in this movie were great. Uh, Allison yes. Williams, um, she's mm-hmm. a she's a great actress, and she's so good of an actress that I hated. Every second she was on the screen in this fucking movie, because all I could think about was Get Out, and I hate her so much. I just like, I'm just like looking at her like they they should have cast somebody else. This bitch from Get Out needs to just not be in movies that I want to see. <laughs> like and she she wasn't eating cereal and, uh, by dipping it in a glass of milk, so that yeah. was a plus, I guess. She's grown a little yeah. bit. So your just, attachment so... or recognition of her from the movie Get Out really restricted your enjoyment of her scenes. Of of, of her, you know, for there were moments where I was like I could forget about it, but every once in a uh-huh. while she'd like look have this look on her face like oh oh you you fucking bitch <laughs> you dirty, you dirty whore. You're, you're just gonna you're just gonna have this chick you know, you're just gonna have her head cut off and her brain taken out <laughs> like i'm just i'm just really worried for this girl like like her parents well, died they should have put her in the foster system okay let's seven get into out, the, the... <laughs> seven <laughs> out of ten <laughs> Seven out of ten. I that's seven funny. I landed exactly also at a seven. So first movie, great way to start the year. We both have a seven. Great. Uh, start that's fantastic. To the year. So you mentioned it at the uh, right before you got into your fucking weeds about Allison Williams's acting, uh, but it's setting the tone and knowing to have fun. And I will argue, there's obviously a camp of horror fanatics that absolutely detest Malignant. For whatever reason, for uh, again, having horror is a subjective genre. They're having bad that, opinions, pretty much. Right. <laughs> I don't like to be uh, hard ass <laughs> and say that the way I see things is right. That's obviously silly. Um, That's true. I agree. As true as as true as it I, is. But but uh, our our opinion on malignant, specifically malignant. <laughs> it's very frustrating because I, I'll find people that review films that I want to that I am interested in watching them talk about movies because I like to hear other uh, viewpoints that are similar and dissimilar and whenever they're dissimilar with a film that I feel so strongly about I'm always kind of like perplexed like why don't you get it like it's uh, and that's going to be an interesting uh, point of contention when we get into later this evening's views uh, other shows so but for me with Malignant you know the way that this movie is structured specifically with Megan and it's similar to Malignant, in part because of a Kelly Cooper writing it. It sets up the tone of campiness immediately. There's right. a commercial, a fictional product, perfect, <laughs> perfect, uh, oh, that exists. God. Or what? What is it called? It, it's per, I don't know, it but per, it was per that, something. It's perfect. That, that commercial it's a was commercial, amazing, and it's so great. Uh, it's a dumb commercial, like Baby Alive, that you would see, where it's just a just a, a Furby gone awry with uh, troll-like hair, and you carry it around. It's an AI, very simple. It has a camera, and you feed it fictionally, and then it does fictional poop that actually comes out as little pellets. It's just so – it's a stupid time suck for a kid to just be distracted. It's it's Tamagotchi, you know, to the 10th. And uh, that tone, setting it up immediately from the start of the movie, should clue you in to how to approach the movie for the rest of the fucking runtime. You shouldn't be confused – or frustrated right. or annoyed whenever they're being silly or it's hammed up or it's camp or anything like that. You should be waiting and looking for those moments and enjoying them tenfold because it was set up to be 
tasted that way. Right? Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Wait, am I missing something? Uh, no, I don't absolutely. Get, like, like, I don't even... get how people get confused going into the movie sure. and have these constraints like, oh, it's like a ripoff of Chucky, except it's not as good, and oh, the doll's been done. Yeah. What are you What are you complaining what are you... about? Yeah. They're trying to make you have a fun time watching a horror movie. The doll's been Why done. Why are you there's, mad? There's, there's nine puppet masters, bro. <laughs> You're not on the fucking Reddit complaining about those movies. Look. <laughs> Not only from the commercial, because the commercial definitely absolutely sets the tone, but like what I mentioned earlier, how it's a little predictable, the scene where, okay, she uh, she's kind of bonding with uh, with the, the niece, and she shows her her lab, and she brings out the... She puts the gloves on, and she punches them together to turn the robot on, and it's right. this giant... All the robot does is punch. It's a punching robot. You're, you're, and you're like... Oh, that's what the thing that's gonna destroy Megan. <laughs> like that's how yeah, they're gonna fight Megan. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like it's a twenty minute yeah, yeah. It's it's the yeah, it's the, the smoking gun. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's so fantastic for them to do the callback to make it obvious to then come back to it and the at the you know uh, the culmination of the third act is so fun. That's what's fun. You're just like, oh, that's gonna be there. Yeah, oh yeah. And you just enjoy it. I love movies like this where it's just it's fully aware of what it's doing and it just wants to have fun. I'm so excited to watch an R cut, which I believe will come at some point. Kelly yeah. Cooper mentioned how the body count was way higher when they originally were doing it. And you can see the tones of it because every like you have to okay, here's the other thing that I wanted to talk about with this. This is a very relatively speaking, twelve mil. This is a low budget for a Blumhouse James Wan type horror picture. They yeah. did a lot with a little. And the CGI uh, or their lack thereof is a big part of it. They needed to find a kid actor that could do the movements of the doll, and they got it to work. They have a mask on, but the mask doesn't emote in any kind of way. So they, that's where the CG comes in. Yeah. And it's fantastic. It has this uncanny valley that makes it so engaging to watch, but you hate looking at it too. Mm -hmm. But every time you're looking at it, you're also intrigued and just can't stop. It's very unnerving, yeah. and it's perfect the way that it's been designed. Yeah, the 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 past and and present, so to speak, of the uh, the practical effects enhanced by CG, which is something. If you watch the show, I say pretty much every episode is like, why right. did they use so much CG when they could have just used practical effects and enhanced it with CG? Like, yeah, this would in a in a poorly handled movie, this would have been a hundred percent CG. Uh, painted into the frames, yeah. and it would just be people acting around a fucking tennis ball, and it'd be yeah. stupid. It would, have been it would look dumb. It would, it would, it would look terrible. Look yeah. Yeah. Whereas this this movie, you know, they just they did it all right. They hit all the right notes. This is like, and it's you know, it feels like a James Wan production. Like you you've seen the Annabelles and the Conjurings, and okay, it's not it's not as pure horror, and it's not obviously not a ghost story, but we watched Malignant, and that was action horror, and this is action horror, and. You know, they got a creepy, the creepy little AI doll, and the way the doll protects the girl, like the uh -huh. dialogue, the, the well, and that's the, the thing. Like when I mentioned it being sort of a ex machina, uh, you know, a virgin ex machina uh, type drink, it it does that. It's the it's the potential for AI to completely ruin your life, mm -hmm. that you so innocently bring it into your home with the best intentions. It, although Allison Williams' character uh, definitely wants to not be a parent and wants right. this to be the stand-in for her being a parent because she doesn't trust or believe in herself as a real human being parent. Right. Uh, 
part of because of her t- detachment from reality because she's a you know a uh, computer uh, engineer yeah. software I, I also agree with her assessment of her but mainly because of get out whose assessment of who oh, Alison Williams assessment of herself <laughs> oh sure 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 <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she's definitely not a, a good role model. Um, but so, so it's just a palatable version of it. It's a, it's a way to introduce those elements of what could be actually terrifying into the home. And you just know like, oh my God, this thing's sentient in a way. And it's, it's protective in a way where you're fearful for anyone mistreating it. It's like how we feel whenever Chucky's mistreated. We know that there's the soul of a mass murderer inside him so whenever someone's mishandling him we anticipate the reaction that chucky's gonna have oh yeah <laughs> gruesomely murdering them here it's the same kind of thing where it's like oh my god do not f with this little girl you kid at a daycare camp like y- what are you doing you're 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 gonna die and yeah. you d- you do die yeah <laughs> uh and i'm excited to see like an extended version of that also no one's mentioned this that scene at the 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 day uh the the little temp day that they all have to be introduced yeah. to the camp like orientation that kid now believe me forgive me if i'm speaking out of turn here but did you get the sense at the start of the scene where he grabs the doll mm-hmm. that it was going to get dark yes that he was <laughs> taking that doll because he's pubescent at this point right? oh no i didn't think that i thought you didn't gonna, think that i thought he oh. was gonna like torture her okay with i apologize to anyone for myself <laughs> but i definitely was picturing him taking that doll and be like does this doll have a have a vagina because i'm gonna stick my dick in it no nah, i didn't think that i definitely thought he was going to torture her with her doll or show her the doll and like tear it up or he, something but like he but he gets on top of it and he's like straddling it and i feel like i'm like oh no this dude's definitely thinking about fucking this doll like <laughs> I, okay and again let's detach me as an adult watching fucking <laughs> preteens i get it okay i'm not a weirdo <laughs> but I'm saying, if I was that age, I think that's what I would have been thinking. And I thought it was going to take that kind of a turn. And I was excited. I was like, oh, my God. They're really gonna sh- it was, and I was like, PJ, they're, gonna, they're not going to do anything. They're not like going to do anything, yeah. But I bet that's you know that's what was happening. Uh, at any rate, he pays the price. And that's what's so great about it. Like it, Her expressions, Megan's expressions are amazing. Her expression, oh, yeah. when the dog starts effing her up, and then she's, her hair's all a mess. And she's looking across the fence at the neighbor like, yeah, you – are going to die. Yeah, and she's I giving her this it. death stare, just like her hair. Out, yeah, when she goes after the neighbor, just it was vacant, great. dark eyes. It was it's fantastic. Look, it's a wonderful movie. Uh, the Model Three Generative Android is a must-see movie for this year, especially if you want to have a good viewing experience this year. Yeah, I totally agree. Two sevens. That's a great start, bro. Two sevens. Um, great start. How do you um, feel about the the early green light for the sequel? Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. I mean, uh, she's uh, she's just a microchip, right? So it doesn't matter how the body gets beat up; she'll she can come back. Well, um, and there was the end scene with that other the robot. The end scene. She's she's in the Alexa, right? Something like that. Yeah, their it's, version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Early on, they use it to turn on the lights. Yeah. And then you see it become kind of sentient, or it might even say something once the actual physical Megan doll is destroyed. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm I'm totally down. Like, Ch- Child's Play honestly is one of my favorite franchises. Um, yeah. 
and and it's because it's they don't play it straight you know the the first movie was kind of played straight but like it was still very very funny um yes but... well but what i like i think what you're getting at is i like how it continues there's a reason or a logical way that explains how it goes from one to two to three and yeah. so on and so forth where the the entity is transferred in some kind of way I can't remember from one to two. Is it because the toy factory it melts it down, and so his soul becomes part of the newly manufactured doll that ends up going out to shipment in two? Like, because then one ends, no, yeah. two ends in the factory where him. Two, getting two ends out. in the factory. Three is where he gets rebuilt. Um, because I, doesn't three? I can't start remember off, one I to think two. Three starts off with the factory making the dolls. Right, making him. It's like a yeah, montage with so, yeah. Right. Um. And then it goes off the rails and goes to the military. It goes school, to the military school, yeah, where they put the light. Which I in. still love. Yeah, I will so never great. forget the kid diving on the grenade to save everyone else. I'm like, oh my god, this is yeah. sick. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Um, but so, like, I like that they set it up. There will be a logical way. I don't like the idea of her existing just in a a, a goddamn you know Alexa. Obviously, she's going to have to get into something else that she can do cool shit with, right? That's the whole allure of the movie, the franchise, so to speak, that is obviously uh, uh, very early. But, yeah, you could write several of these. And Akella Cooper is going to be the one writing this one. She's the one that got tapped to do it. So she signed nice. on, and she's uh, she's going for it. So That's great. I'm fully on board with whatever she's writing because she's got a twisted mind, and yeah. she knows how to – Write it in such a way that it's you know that you should be having fun. She wants to have fun clearly in her movies. Yeah. Oh well, that's interesting. Now what else is interesting? All right, Megan uh, came out early January. It should be on streaming already. I think um, if you get a chance, uh, check it out. And so for the Come first episode of season three of the podcast of the Rethal Deceased, I'm Nate Roberts. I'm Rodney Godek. Take care, and we'll see you next time.